Today is the first day of the second month of the year, uh, also known as February. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. Welcome to a brand new month. And uh, I guess, uh, you know, you get this far and we're starting to really settle in. If uh, if you make it another couple of weeks till Valentine's Day, uh, then the chances are that you'll make it the whole way. So uh, well done. Well done on the first full month of the year. It's, uh, uh, you know, we've sailed outside of shore and we're out into the deep now. As we journey through the year together and uh, head toward head toward the end of the year and the next year. So uh, happy February. Uh, we're still in the same week, so we'll obviously be reading from the Common English Bible, which is what we've been reading from this week. And we'll still be picking up the story where we left off with the children of Israel uh, newly set free and uh, trying to figure out what comes next and uh, quite a bit of opposition still out in front of them. Exodus chapter 13, verse 17 through 15, verse 18. When Pharaoh let the people go, God didn't lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, even though that was the shorter route. God thought, if the people have to fight and face war, they will run back to Egypt So God led the people by the roundabout way of the Reed Sea Desert. The Israelites went up out of the land of Egypt ready for battle. Moses took with him Joseph's bones, just as Joseph had made Israel's sons promise when he said to them, When God takes care of you, you must carry my bones out of here with you. They set out from Succoth and camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. The Lord went in front of them during the day in a column of cloud to guide them, and at night in a column of lightning to give them light. This way they could travel during the day and at night. The column of cloud during the day and the column of lightning at night never left its place in front of the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and set up camp in front of Pi-Hahiroth, between Migdal and the sea, in front of Baal-Zephon. You should set up camp in front of it by the sea. Pharaoh will think to himself, the Israelites are lost and confused in the land. The desert has trapped them. I'll make Pharaoh stubborn, and he'll chase them. I'll gain honor at the expense of Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. And they did exactly that. When Egypt's king was told that the people had run away, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about the people. They said, What have we done? Letting Israel go free from their slavery to us. So he sent for his chariot and took his army with him. He took 600 elite chariots and all of Egypt's other chariots with captains on all of them. The Lord made Pharaoh, Egypt's king, stubborn, and he chased the Israelites who were leaving confidently. The Egyptians, including all of Pharaoh's horse-drawn chariots, his cavalry, and his army 
chased them and caught up with them as they were camped by the sea, by Pai Ahiroth, in front of Baal Zephon. As Pharaoh drew closer, the Israelites looked back and saw the Egyptians marching toward them. The Israelites were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Weren't there enough graves in Egypt that you took us away to die in the desert? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt like this? Didn't we tell you the same thing in Egypt? Leave us alone. Let us work for the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to work for the Egyptians than to die in the desert. But Moses said to the people, Don't be afraid. Stand your ground and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never, ever see again. The Lord will fight for you. You just keep still. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry out to me? Tell the Israelites to get moving. As for you, lift your shepherd's rod Stretch out your hand over the sea and split it in two so that the Israelites can go into the sea on dry ground. But me, I'll make the Egyptians stubborn so that they will go in after them and I'll gain honor at the expense of Pharaoh, all his army, his chariots, and his cavalry. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain honor at the expense of Pharaoh his chariots, and his cavalry. God's messenger who had been in front of Israel's camp moved and went behind them. The column of cloud moved from the front and took its place behind them. It stood between Egypt's camp and Israel's camp. The cloud remained there, and when darkness fell, it lit up the night. They didn't come near each other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord pushed the sea back by a strong east wind all night, turning the sea into dry land. The waters were split into two. The Israelites walked into the sea on dry ground. The waters formed a wall for them on their right hand and on their left. The Egyptians chased them and went into the sea after them, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and cavalry. As morning approached, the Lord looked down on the Egyptian camp from the column of lightning and cloud and threw the Egyptian camp into a panic. The Lord jammed their chariot wheels so that they wouldn't turn easily. The Egyptians said, Let's get away from the Israelites because the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea so that the water comes back and covers the Egyptians, their chariots, and their cavalry. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. At daybreak, the sea returned to its normal depth. The Egyptians were driving toward it, and the Lord tossed the Egyptians into the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the cavalry. 
Pharaoh's entire army that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained. The Israelites, however, walked on dry ground through the sea. The waters formed a wall for them on their right hand and on their left. The Lord rescued Israel from the Egyptians that day. Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the amazing power of the Lord against the Egyptians. The people were in awe of the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord for an overflowing victory. Horse and rider he threw into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my power. He has become my salvation. This is my God, whom I will praise, the God of my ancestors, whom I will acclaim. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he hurled into the sea. His elite captains were sunk in the Reed Sea. The deep sea covered them. They sank into the deep waters like a stone. Your strong hand, Lord, is dominant in power. Your strong hand, Lord, shatters the enemy. With your great surge, you overthrow your opponents. You send out your hot anger. It burns them up like straw. With the breath of your nostrils, the waters swelled up. The floods surged up in a great wave. The deep waters foamed in the depths of the sea. The enemy said, I'll pursue. I'll overtake. I'll divide the spoils of war. I'll be overfilled with them. I'll draw my sword. My hand will destroy them. You blew with your wind. The sea covered over them. They sank like lead in the towering waters. Who is like you among the gods, Lord? Who is like you, foremost in holiness, worthy of highest praise, doing awesome deeds? You raised your strong hand. Earth swallowed them up. With your great loyalty, you led the people you rescued. With your power, you guided them to your sanctuary. The peoples heard. They shook in terror. Horror grabbed hold of Philistia's inhabitants. Then Edom's tribal chiefs were terrified. Panic grabbed hold of Moab's rulers. All of Canaan's inhabitants melted in fear. Terror and fear came over them because of your great power. They were as still as a stone until your people, Lord, passed by. Until the people you made your own passed by. You brought them in and planted them on your own mountain. The place, Lord, that you made your home the sanctuary, Lord, that your hand created. The Lord will rule forever and always.
Matthew 21, 23 through 46. When Jesus entered the temple, the chief priests and elders of the people came to him as he was teaching. They asked, What kind of authority do you have for doing these things? Who gave you this authority? Jesus replied, I have a question for you. If you tell me the answer, I'll tell you what kind of authority I have to do these things. Where did John get his authority to baptize? Did he get it from heaven or from humans? They argued among themselves. If we say from heaven, he'll say to us, then why didn't you believe him? But we can't say from humans because we're afraid of the crowd since everyone thinks John was a prophet. Then they replied, We don't know. Jesus also said to them, Neither will I tell you what kind of authority I have to do these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. Now he came to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. No, I don't want to, he replied. But later he changed his mind and went. The father said the same thing to the other son, who replied, Yes, sir, but he didn't go. Which one of these two did his father's will? They said, The first one. Jesus said to them, I assure you that tax collectors and prostitutes are entering God's kingdom ahead of you. For John came to you on the righteous road, and you didn't believe him. But tax collectors and prostitutes believed him. Yet even after you saw this, you didn't change your hearts and lives, and you didn't believe him. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he rented it to tenant farmers and took a trip. When it was time for harvest, he sent his servants to the tenant farmers to collect his fruit. But the tenant farmers grabbed his servants. They beat some of them, and some of them they killed. Some of them they stoned to death. Again, he sent other servants, more than the first group. They treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But when the tenant farmers saw the son, they said to each other, This is the heir. Come on, let's kill him and we'll have his inheritance. They grabbed him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. When the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenant farmers? They said, he will totally destroy those wicked farmers and rent the vineyard to other tenant farmers who will give him the fruit when it's ready. Jesus said to them, Haven't you ever read in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it's amazing in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you that God's kingdom will be taken away from you and will be given to a people who produce its fruit. 
Whoever falls on this stone will be crushed, and the stone will crush the person it falls on. Now when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard the parable, they knew Jesus was talking about them. They were trying to arrest him, but they feared the crowds who thought he was a prophet. Psalm 26 of David. Establish justice for me, Lord, because I have walked with integrity. I've trusted the Lord without wavering. Examine me, Lord. Put me to the test. Purify my mind and my heart. Because your faithful love is right in front of me, I walk in your truth. I don't spend time with people up to no good. I don't keep company with liars. I detest the company of evildoers, and I don't sit with wicked people. I wash my hands. They are innocent. I walk all around your altar, Lord, proclaiming out loud my thanks, declaring all your wonderful deeds. I love the beauty of your house, Lord. I love the place where your glory resides. Don't gather me up with the sinners, taking my life along with violent people, in whose hands are evil schemes, whose strong hands are full of bribes. But me? I walk with integrity. Save me. Have mercy on me. My feet now stand on level ground. I will bless the Lord in the great congregation. Proverbs 6, 16-19 There are six things that the Lord hates. Seven things detestable to him. Snobbish eyes, a lying tongue, hands that spill innocent blood, a heart set on wicked plans, feet that run quickly to evil, a false witness who breathes lies, and one who causes conflicts among relatives. Okay, so uh, paying attention to that proverb would be important since it outlines seven things that God hates. So it would be, be good to know the things that God hates and to look and see if we're doing any of the things that God hates because, I mean, if, you, if we're going to do things God hates, that's probably a non-starter. And uh, that pro- <laughs> probably not on the narrow path that leads to life. So, uh, reviewing these things that God hates would be helpful to, uh, to go back to today. In the book of Matthew, though, we have uh, interesting converse, uh, conversation, but also confrontation happening between Jesus and the Pharisees. So, between Jesus, who is God-made flesh, and the religion that had formed around God. And so we have to at least acknowledge what we're seeing here. Jesus' greatest confrontations and conflict 
were with what had what had become of the religion that grew out of the Mosaic law. So there's this law in place, and th- there are the, uh, the the keepers of the traditions, right? The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin collectively. And then there's Jesus, almost a self-styled rabbi who hasn't come up through the system. And yet he is more compelling and signs and wonders are following him. And so they're coming to Jesus and saying, essentially, who gave you the right to do this? Right? So quoting from scripture, what, what kind of authority do you have for doing these things? Who gave you this authority? Of course, Jesus knows what's going on here. Like They're essentially telling him, you didn't come up through the system. You're, you're an outsider. What do you think you're doing? But they can't argue with the fact that the hearts of the people are turning toward Jesus. And this is bringing up a lot of jealousy, but also a lot of paranoia because there is a very, very tenuous power share going on between the Romans and the leaders of, of the Jewish religion. Uh, and uh, if they can't control Jesus and the hearts of the people are beginning to uh, turn toward Jesus and he's gaining momentum, then then Jesus could be a problem. So from the perspective of where we sit 2,000 years in the future and being able to look back at the story, it's it's sad and comical in a way that uh, these people will be trying to defend their power, defend their uh, power share, uh, defend their control over the people and the hearts of the people against God oh but my friends we do it too in all kinds of big and small ways we do it too Uh, we'll look at anyone who doesn't believe the way that we do even though they may be believers in Jesus and love the Lord uh, maybe they see some things nuanced in ways that we don't and so we go after them defending the traditions defending what we think the truth is this is what the Pharisees were doing and basically what they had done over the millennia is uh, build an infrastructure, a religious infrastructure that would not allow God to do a new thing at all. Of course, uh, of course, that didn't stop God from doing a new thing. In fact, he came in person to make all things new and do a new thing. And in the process, blew up a bunch of stuff. Let's not think that he wouldn't do that again. Let's not think that he's ever stopped doing that. We will never run a circle around God with our theology that he can't escape or that that he even really cares about. So Jesus told a couple of stories and it's this is really a beautiful moment where we see how Jesus uses stories because he uses the stories to confront situations where everybody knows what's being talked about and yet he's simply telling a story he's not directly confronting a person but rather critiquing a situation that involves a lot of people so he says a man had two sons and he went to his first son and said son i need you to go work in a vineyard today and the first son said i don't want to do that but then later he thought it through and obeyed his father. And then he went to, uh, to, to the second son and said, son, I need you to go work in the vineyard today. And the son said, yes, uh, but he didn't go. And Jesus' question is, who did the will of the father? 
And the answer, of course, was the one who obeyed the father. Even though he said, no, I don't want to do that, he changed his mind and he went and obeyed. Whereas the other kid said he would go and he didn't. So in this scenario, the son that said, no, I don't want to, I don't want to obey you, but then later changed his mind. These are the people that Jesus is ministering to. And, and he brings even tax collectors and prostitutes into his conversation as an example. People who might have heard the call of God, who might have been raised up to understand an awareness of God, and God comes and, and, and compels them to move forward, but they're like, no, they're, like, they're living in rebellion. They're living in sin, but later change their mind and go and obey. Then, then ultimately they went and obeyed the Father. Whereas the person who gave lip service to what the Father invited them to do and then didn't do it, well, that kind of represents for Jesus what the Pharisees, what the, what the religious system has become, had become. And then he tells a famous story about the tenant farmers, right? So uh, a, a landowner uh, leases the farm to tenant farmers who raise a harvest and then the landowner sends for his share and then there's all kinds of this drama people getting killed and all this kind of stuff until the farmer sends his son thinking like this is the heir like this this is the owner of this property they'll respect him but they don't they they kill him and jesus is asking the question what will the fall you know what will the landowner do and of course they're like he'll destroy those wicked farmers but the thing is those wicked farmers in that story uh, were the religious leaders, were the Pharisees. It's like they're the keepers of the law. They're the keepers of the traditions of God that God handed down through Moses all the way going back to Abraham. And then God comes and says, okay, now it's time to open this up. It's, it's time to shit, to shit. Give me my share. Uh, and they're more, more interested in, in trying to take over the field. So to try to take over the religious system and own and control it and be the de facto judge about who is right and who is wrong, who needs to be judged and who needs to receive mercy and the keepers of all the recipes for how to worship the Lord. So in this story, God sends his son and uh, they kill the son, which is uh, a bit of a, a prophetic utterance about the future for Jesus' ministry. But, uh, you know, to properly think this through, we have to wonder uh, how much more success Jesus would have if he came today. Like really, if somebody came claiming to be the son of God with signs and wonder, I mean, it would be kind of the same scenario. And so what becomes compelling is when we read the stories that Jesus used as illustrations during this confrontation and try to find out who we would be in those stories and we can very easily go like i, I wouldn't even be in that story like that's not, I'm, I, I, if i'm in that story i'm one of the disciples of jesus Unt until we actually begin looking at our actions and our biases and the way that we treat one another the way that we judge each other which is something that we've been talking about uh, pretty poignantly as we've uh, wandered this far into the scriptures so, uh, so, so the work for today is really to do that, to revisit these particular parables and understanding their context, trying to locate where we would, where we would be. Because, 
because we're probably more like the Pharisees than we would like to admit. And so as we go through the Gospels, we're going to keep observing the Pharisees and we're going to keep observing the way that Jesus interacts with them. And, uh, you know, we're going to be continually invited to decide or to observe what we're most closely like and and what might, might need to change, what might need to be repented of. And so Jesus, uh, this is where we are. This is what has come up in the scriptures today. And so this is where we are. And and we open ourselves to your counsel. And uh, we invite you, Holy Spirit, to speak, uh, to show us all these little subtle things that actually create our character and the way that we look at at the world. And, And the truth is, in each of us, there's far more judgmentalism than than we are ever really aware of or admit to. And often this uh, comes from our fear of just getting it wrong about you. So we get together and we really, really try to nail down every aspect of, of what it might be like to walk with you and be in a relationship with you and, and be doing it right. And yet it just won't, it won't distill down into that kind of a formula. And so we, we, keep, we keep those efforts to get it right and become more and more like the Pharisees just trying to define every eventuality when relationships, just, they, don't, they don't work that way and you've invited us into a relationship, an adventure, an intertwining uh, that we get to be on this earth as you intended us to be because we die to ourselves and allow you to live through us. So come Holy Spirit into all of the Phariseeism that might be found in our lives. We reject that and renounce that. We want to follow the path that you are leading. And so as we see the stories unfolding in the Gospels, we're continually given an opportunity to examine ourselves. So come, Holy Spirit, into that examination. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is the website. It's home base. It's it's where you find out what's going on around here. So be sure to stay tuned and stay connected. The prayer wall lives at DailyAudioBible.com as well. Pray for your brothers and sisters. And maybe you need some prayer. This is a great place to go and, and interact. All of the social media channels and groups uh, can be all the the links to those can be found in the community section of the website Uh, so stay stay connected in any way that you can in any way that you want to if you want to partner with the daily audio bible in the mission that we share to bring the spoken word of god uh, read fresh every day and freely offered to anyone who will listen to it uh, no matter where they are on this planet and no matter what time of day or night it might be and to continue to build community around this rhythm that we share so that uh, we we always have the sense of the truth we are not alone we are never alone we are in this together if that is uh, life-giving to you then thank you for your partnership so there's a link at dailyaudiobible.com on the homepage. if you're using the daily audio bible app you can press 
the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or, if you prefer, the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or comment, 877-942-4253 is the number to dial. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hello. This is a word for my dear sister, Margo, the missionary. I want to thank you, Margo, for answering the call the Lord put on your life. And I am so greatly encouraged by your courage and especially in your honesty and the transparency of your heart. Um, it sounds like this is a mountaintop experience. Um, so I've really asked the Lord to give me his words to speak to you. So I pray that you are blessed by this. My dearest daughter, Margo, fear not, neither be discouraged, for this pain will pass. I promise to uphold my words to you, which I have spoken into your heart. This road you have chosen is not easy, and I ask it only of my greatest faith, for it demands great faith and courage. And these gifts I have and will continue to pour into your heart. Everything you grieve for today, you will receive double, even an abundance of joy in the days to come. The longing of your heart will not be replaced. They will be upheld. I go before you. I travel with you. I will allow you to see a great harvest of souls for my kingdom through the work which I have called you to do. Therefore, be comforted. Your pain will be to their deliverance. Your sorrow will become our joy. Receive my love and my praise. You are my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. And I want you to know, Margo, that I will be praying for you and your husband and lifting you up to the Lord and just praising him and thanking him. Love your sister in Christ, treasured possession. Bye. Hi, Daily Audio Bible family. This is Shelley. I've been listening for a few years and I'm checking out Chronological this year. I'm calling in for the first time because I felt the Spirit prompting me to take that step now so it wouldn't be harder to do if I wanted to in the future. I've been really ministered to by the time spent in Job and realized that this touches on some of my fears. I know God is faithful and that He is with me, but I'm also afraid of going through painful things. I think part of my personality is being prepared for worst-case scenarios but that can easily give way to fear. And in trying to stand against that, I tend to block off part of my heart. It's easy to distract myself with what people around me need or with serving others or with work or household responsibilities. So my prayer is that I will take God's hand and walk with Him through whatever things He wants to do in me or in situations that I may face. By the way, the word he gave me for this year is courageous, so that seems to fit. I really have come to value this community even though we don't see each other. Thanks, Brian, China, for all the others there for your ministry. And thanks for the way all of you support each other in prayer. Blessings to you today. Hello, um, my name is Stephanie and I'm calling from Virginia. And I was just calling because um, I've noticed that Quite a few people have called in to talk about their own mental health concerns or the mental health concerns of others. 
And um, I just wanted to share a testimony as someone who has struggled with mental illness for about 15 years. I'm 35 now, and um, I've gone through some pretty dark periods. Um, depression that was so bad that I needed to be hospitalized. I've actually been hospitalized four times. Um, and um, I share that just to say that uh, I, I know what it's like <laughs> um, to be just really, really sick in terms of my mental and emotional health. And um, God has been really faithful to me. He's taught me a lot through His Word about um, freedom and His love. And I just want to tell you, if you're struggling and you can hear my voice right now, um, just remember that your body is subject to this world, this fallen world that we live in, and your mind is as well. But your spirit, man, is strong and you can overcome you know currently i take medication and that helps me every day to overcome and um whatever it takes for you to overcome counseling and fellowship with other believers and medication and uh therapy whatever it takes you know don't be ashamed um just like if you had kidney failure or migraines or hi daily audio bible family this is laura in san diego i am calling um i just heard um some people calling in uh at the end of the day on um, the 26th um i my heart is sad um i well my heart is happy when i hear <laughs> your calls <laughs> Uh, but on a daily basis in my own life, my heart is sad that I don't have um, a community or even a few close friends um, of people such as I hear on the Daily Audio Bible uh, that are just um, about Jesus and uh, real about their life and, um, uh, you know, supportive of each other. And uh, I've I've been uh, on a long journey in my life. Uh, I moved from Ohio to uh, California several years ago, um, but ever since I've been here, it's uh, it's a different environment, and um, and people are just not as willing to be genuine, um, or um, maybe I just don't know the right people. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, I guess that my heart is sad, and, and I would, it, I would like your prayers uh, that I would be able to find a few close friends uh, that that love Jesus and love me and my family, and that we can do this walk together. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hi, my name is Sophie, and I'm a first-time caller. I've been listening for a full year. And before that, for maybe a couple of months, um, my very best friend, Karen, in Pennsylvania, um, told me about this app. And when I first started listening, I 
I was so moved and so touched by the sound of Brian's voice. I am legally blind, and so voices mean a lot. And whenever I would feel low, whenever I couldn't, I couldn't handle it, I would turn to this app and listen to Brian and the scriptures. And he used to tell people regularly that Brian was the voice of love. I was, I was without anyone for years. And I didn't know the Lord. I didn't know how to pray. But I kept trying. I kept turning to Him. And eventually, I found Him. Or He found me. He got through to me. And I now, I feel like this is my family. I love you guys. I just wanted to thank you guys. I just wanted to make my voice known. Hi, uh, this is Chaz from New York. Um, this message is for uh, the girl with the monkey dog. I believe that's what she refers to herself as. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Um, I was listening to you. Um, I think it's maybe the first time I've I've heard you, and um, I just wanted to say that I love you very much, and um, I empathize with your um, with your ordeal. And I don't know if I mean to say ordeal, but I empathize with the process that you are undergoing, um, having having brought my parents through um, cancer treatment. Um, and I just want to say a word of prayer for you, uh, just a word of comfort and encouragement. Um, Father, I just bring before you my precious sister. I thank you for creating her. I thank you for her life. I thank you for how you have created her, Lord God. And Lord, I thank you that you know every cell in her body. You know every organ system. Lord God, you know her her heart, you know her mind. Father, I place her at the foot of your cross, Lord, and I pray that your healing would take over her life. Lord God, I pray that she would be a, a miracle, Lord God, amidst the physicians that are in charge of her care, Lord God, that you would um, normalize every cell cycle, Lord God, of every cell in her body, Lord God. Bring her body to homeostasis, Lord God. Bring healing, 